Welcome to Thriving Teacher Talk. I'm your host, Jillian Fernandez. I'm a former teacher from New York turned full-time mom and teacherpreneur on a mission to help you create a profitable and sustainable income selling your teaching resources or services. I'm here to make your life easier by giving you the best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts to grow your business, and most importantly, save you time and sanity. In today's episode, I'm so excited to be interviewing Emily Vales. She's a former teacher turned Pinterest marketing and ads strategist. Emily thrives off of diving into her client's data and analytics to create personalized strategies that will ultimately turn their traffic into profit. When she's not obsessing over how she can take her clients further with their marketing strategies or educating her students on how to take their businesses to the next level with Pinterest, she's chasing around two sweet little girls or spending time with her husband. After feeling called to be at home with her kids and leaving the teaching world, she can finally say that she's living the work at home mom life that she thought was only in her dreams. Let's get into it. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Emily Vales. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to chat with you. So I'm going to jump right in. I just want to know, how did you become a Pinterest strategist? Like what made you begin your Pinterest journey? Yeah, that's a really great question. So back in the day, (laughs) this totally dates me and makes me feel so old, but I remember (laughs) I was in college and my friend told me about this platform called Pinterest. And long story short, it was the days where you had to have an email invite in order to get on the platform. So she sent me an invite and I believe Pinterest, when you first started your account. Gosh, I've had my account for so long now. They recommended boards and I kind of figured it out. And then I really fell in love with it. And I use Pinterest from obviously the user perspective for many years. I literally planned my wedding. I planned <laughs> all of well done that. <laughs> yes, right? Like the baby room, all of it. And so I had this super comfortable feeling from the user perspective, but I would have never thought about the marketing side and who is actually behind these pins that I'm searching on and clicking on. So I just had never thought about that other shift in where this content is coming from. So going back a little bit, I am a former teacher. So I taught kindergarten for three years and I taught babies. Yes. And (laughs) I loved kindergarten, but then at the end of my third year of teaching kindergarten that I found out I was pregnant, which was super exciting. And because of really some shifts they were making in the school and they knew that I was going to be going out on maternity leave. And then I even talked to the principal about actually coming back part-time after I had the baby, Mm -hmm. because I just knew deep down that it was going to be a lot to go back full-time, which I know lots of people do, but I just felt like that wasn't the right decision for me. Mm -hmm. And I was given this wonderful opportunity because how many schools allow you to go back part-time as a classroom teacher? So in kindergarten though, I was obviously the classroom teacher. And I did have an assistant, which was so amazing because I had 29 students. That's a lot. (laughs) All three years. Yes. That's a lot of little people (laughs) that are all learning the rules and everything for the first time. And so with second grade though, they had a different structure and you actually had a co-teacher. So it was two licensed teachers. And so I, they switched me to second grade, which I love. I'd love primary grades. And so I was Mm -hmm. super excited about teaching second grade, but they were going to always have that consistency in the classroom. And so that's why they were able to allow me to just work three days a week rather than five. Great. So I had her, we actually, so it was a balanced calendar and I actually went back mid-July to teaching and I did not have 
my daughter until the end of October. And to be honest, as soon as I held that little baby, I remember thinking in the hospital, I'm like, I can't leave her. I can't do it. And I had this horrible guilt. Yes. I felt so guilty because I taught at a really rough school, Mm -hmm. inner city, but I loved my students and I felt like they needed me. And I'm trying to toot my own horn, not because I thought I was like the best teacher or anything, but it was like the emotional connection and the relationships I had. Yeah. They're like your own kids too. Yeah. And so I just felt this terrible guilt, but at the same time I had, I don't have to get into like the personal details, but there's lots of things like nursing and stuff that it was hard. And so anyways, I think it was really the best decision for our family. And so fast forward, we had enough income where we were comfortable for probably six months. And then by the time summer came around, I'm like, okay, we are used to living this certain lifestyle. And I felt like we needed another source of income. And plus I wanted to be using my brain. I love learning. I'm very creative. And so anyways, I took this course that a friend had mentioned to me. And ironically, it was the same person that also told me about Pinterest. Her sister-in-law had a course that basically taught you everything you needed to know about starting a profitable freelance business. In the beginning, I was a little hesitant. It was one of those things that sounds too good to be true. Mm -hmm. Like you can make double what you were teaching and you can work from home and be with your kids. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't know about this, but because I had that relationship and my friend, she was a good friend from college. You know, it was her sister-in-law. I am like, okay, I'm going to give it a chance. So it was an investment. And my original goal was to just make back what I invested in the course and fast forward multiple months. And even a year later, I had way more than doubled my teaching salary, which really was not very hard to do. I didn't make very much. (laughs) I'm sure there's a lot of teachers that can obviously relate to that, but I was doing social media management. And in the beginning, I had done a little bit of everything to just get my feet wet. And then I really niched down to Instagram and Facebook. I feel like I can comfortably say this to you as like the Instagram expert. I wasn't very good at it. (laughs) I had clients and they were great and I never had anybody unhappy, but I just didn't love it. And I didn't feel passionate about it. And I feel like there's a misalignment. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you don't really enjoy something. And so I knew I needed to make a shift because I could not foresee myself doing that indefinitely. So from there, I had a client ironically asked me to play around with her Pinterest account. And really quickly, I gave her a super discounted rate because I did not know what I was doing. And we had that <laughs> mutual transparency. Right. And she didn't pay me very much because she also knew I didn't know what I was doing. So, you know, it worked out. And from there, she got great results and it was kind of all history. I niched down to Pinterest. I figured it out from that marketing side. Mm-hmm. And I was interested in Pinterest from the beginning when I first started my business. But like I said, there is just something intimidating about it to me. And so I just didn't even give it a chance. But once I actually started playing around with it and I had what felt like a lot less pressure because she was like, I don't care what happens. Just see what happens if anything. Right, right. Yeah. And so she got great results. And so then from there, as I really worked on scaling my business, I took courses and things and learned how to run promoted pins and was able to offer really that more premium service. And so I've been doing Pinterest strategy now for two and a half years and I've had my business for 
for three and a half years. But I kind of felt like that first year was just a really good learning experience with figuring out what I enjoyed and what I didn't. So yeah. And now you have, you're something that you're passionate about and you've turned it into kind of a career for you, which is amazing. That's like the best part, right? When you can make your career something you're passionate about, like it's just the best. Absolutely. For me, like Pinterest has always been like a mystery, like kind of like what you said, when you first started, you did it, you know a bit about it, like as a consumer and you can kind of figure it out that way. But as a creator, it's just been so difficult for me to wrap my head around. And I think this is true for a lot of other teacher sellers as well. So why do you think Pinterest and maybe even for you, because you said that you kind of felt that way also, why do you think Pinterest can be so daunting for sellers and just creators or people in general? Yeah, I think it's because so many of us, it's a very common platform to be on as a consumer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about other platforms such as Instagram or Mm -hmm. Facebook, from the days that you joined those platforms, yes, you are consuming content, but in a way you're also creating content for the platform, even if it's just sharing pictures of your kids, sharing, Mm -hmm. snapping a picture of a recipe you made. And you don't think about it that way, but you are creating content for the platform. And maybe you have no strategy or, you know, you're not doing it as a business. It's just you sharing your life, Mm -hmm. but you're basically in the platform. You are uploading or whatever, selecting your photos, writing it caption, you can tag people and you are, in my opinion, really consuming content. But also, like I said, even if there's no strategy, Mm -hmm. also sharing your own content. And with Pinterest, you are really just consuming, at least I was. And mm-hmm. so to even think about it from the other perspective, I was intimidated because I had no idea what it even meant to make a pen. Right. And so I think that especially when people feel intimidated, first of all, you wouldn't even know where to begin to make a pen or how to because you mm-hmm. probably have a personal account. So one of the first things I tell people that you have to do is you actually have to switch to a business account and then you'll see all these other pieces basically unlocked where you can see analytics and you can, you know, create pins and And you just have all these options that you don't from the user perspective, because as just like the user or the consumer, you don't need those extra tools, right? You can Mm -hmm. create boards and edit them and stuff like that. So I guess a little bit of it does kind of tie in with the business, how you edit the boards and stuff, but you're also not thinking of the strategy and the SEO And Mm -hmm. I just think that when you think of Pinterest for a long time, this sounds so silly. (laughs) I didn't even think about it as a search engine. You know, it basically is a Google, but just a visual one. And so I think all those unknowns and the differences with how you use it, it's just very different. And I don't want- Well, they say like Pinterest is not social media. It's a search engine. You're not creating content in the same way you would for social media because you're creating content for it to be searched, right? So that's kind of like- Yeah, and I don't want to downplay the fact that obviously having a strategy and all those other pieces are very important on social media platforms, mm-hmm. but you hit the nail on the head. You have to understand search engines and mm-hmm. how to do keyword research. And once you start getting into some of those terms, I think people's eyes start to glaze over mm-hmm. because if they're not familiar with SEO, I had somebody ask me the other day what SEO stood for. And I was not thinking, oh, you know, <laughs> you're my head or anything. Like, you know, it's just- yeah, no. It's true. A lot of people don't really realize. And I know that Instagram has been talking about making Instagram more searchable recently. And that's like one of their next big projects is 
making search more important as a part of Instagram, which I think would be a little bit more similar to what Pinterest already has. Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out as well. So I know, you know, and you've experienced how Pinterest can be so powerful for teacher sellers and what, why is it such a great tool though? Like what, what makes it unique for teacher sellers to really like get into it? So one of the first things I ask people, especially if they are wondering, is my business, is Pinterest the right place for me to be marketing my business? Is Mm -hmm. it worth the time? Is it worth the energy? And I always, you know, try to go into the piece, really educating them about how a search engine works and how you have to do that keyword research. And then you really have to give it time to index your content. And, you know, it would be like creating a blog post and you just started your blog and then expecting to rank on the first page of Google. It's just not going to happen. And so it just takes time. And so even before getting into that, I always try to talk to people and walk through, okay, is your person on Pinterest is the person you are marketing to on Pinterest, first of all. And Mm -hmm. so with teachers, and that's really the only people I serve at this point, it's a resounding, (laughs) yes, their person is on Pinterest. So that's a big reason to be using it. And then a second reason is, especially with newer TPT store owners and really working on creating, you know, their presence, Pinterest is really great because people are not searching for brands they don't care if they know you. They don't care who you are. They are just looking for an answer to their problem, a solution to their problem. So if you have that really great solution to their problem, it's just a great way to build your presence and your authority and get people on your blog and for people to really just discover you without having to worry about, you know, being some huge person, (laughs) if that makes sense, or brand, you know. Right. No, that makes sense. You don't really necessarily need to have a face to the brand, like a personal brand kind of thing when you're talking about Pinterest, whereas that's more important in social media, not as important on Pinterest. Right. Yeah. I felt like this anyways, at least when I started my Instagram, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I try not to go back to like shoulda, coulda, what is, but I wish I would have put more effort into and actually started my business one so much sooner than I did. It takes some time to grow. And, you know, you see people with tens and thousands, if not hundreds of followers, and it can be intimidating. So I think yeah. that people, even though followers and those pieces, they actually do matter more than we thought they did at one point. People aren't focusing as much, obviously, on those numbers on Pinterest because it's not social media and looking at them. And so I think that it also gives people a little more confidence too. So in some ways. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And I know you talk a ton about like idea pins and people probably don't even know what they are, but I've heard you speak about them all the time and how they're super important. So what exactly are they and why do we need to be using them? Is it like, is it like reels or TikTok for Pinterest? Is that what that is? (laughs) Yes, it is. Now I say that, but one thing, so first of all, explain what idea pins are, and then we can kind of get into, you know, the reels and TikTok. I would say though, and like I shared with other people that in some ways idea pins are kind of like the reels of Instagram and not because you should be following similar practices, but because to me, it's not optional. I really feel like, and you would be the person to answer this, but to me, I feel like I have to create reels as part of my, and incorporate them in my Instagram strategy. Would you, I mean, that's a good question. (laughs) Do you feel like that's accurate as far as- As far as growth right now, right? 
for Instagram, if you really want to grow, you do need to incorporate reels because it's Instagram's baby. And there's no other portion of Instagram that's as discoverable as reels. So whereas you could share a post or a video um, or story, even, you know, you're, you're kind of limited to who's going to get access to those types of content. Whereas reels, they're pushed out to a broader audience where people can discover you. And that's how you can get more followers in a shorter amount of time. If you're just focusing on pictures or like even just regular video content, you're not going to get as many eyeballs on your content. So the reels are that follower kind of growth aspects. And then the other content that you have, is like that nurturing content. These are the things that you want your people to see and you want to give them as much value as possible. But those reels are like, oh, this person, like they, they caught my eye. Let's go check them out. Let's see what they have to offer. So it's that initial, like, Ooh, what's going on here? This is interesting. And as far as growth is concerned, I'd say, yes, you should absolutely. But do you have to No. but it will take you longer in my opinion. And in the research that I've done, it will take you longer to grow your following. If you're not incorporating reels into your strategy. That makes total sense. I love how you described that because there actually is a ton of crossover with idea pins yeah. because you shared how they're so beneficial for growth. And obviously there's still a purpose for the other types of content and really nurturing your audience and sharing different types of value. And I would say it's the same thing for idea pins. So idea pins are formatted different because you can do multiple pages and okay. Pinterest really recommends they say eight to 10. I say you could do as few as five to 10. Now there's not a magic number, right. but the whole <laughs> point here is though that with an idea pin, they are so different because they are totally changing the Pinterest user behavior for one specific reason. They are not linkable. So they are keeping people on the platform, which as a Pinterest user, we are not used to. We've been trained that when we really want to learn more, we're totally okay with leaving the platform. Mm -hmm. Whereas with Instagram or TikTok, we're staying in their ecosystem. Now, if yeah. we really want something, you know, we're okay with going to a link in somebody's bio and leaving if we want something bad enough. But I don't do that very often. I'm usually staying on the platform, staying within that ecosystem. Now it, de it depends too on how much you're searching. You might save a pin and come back to it later because you want to do a little more research. So we do see that and that does keep people on the platform. But in my mind, this is Pinterest really trying to keep up with this booming demand for people's obsession with consuming <laughs> video content. And right. there are video pins, but they are more similar in some ways to static pins, which static pins are just the pin formats that we know and are used to. They are like the original format where it's just a picture, you click on it, then you can go to the link, etc. Video, right. you can do, I recommend really less than 30 seconds, if not 15 or less, mm -hmm. but you can still link to them. The idea pins, that's where instead of teasing people, because with static and video pins, we kind of tease people because we want them to click to our website, our shop, our TBT store, wherever. But with idea pins, you really need to be sharing a conceptualized idea. So people should not have to leave the platform in order to take action. So I was just on Pinterest earlier tonight and I was thinking about making an idea pin. Then I realized I didn't have enough time. <laughs> and so I was just consuming some, just checking out what other people are doing. And right. I even like to look at other 
niches and see what's going on there. So one that was like in my for you tab. So basically content that's curated for me. Mm-hmm. I look at a lot of recipes. And so there's a honey barbecue chicken one or something. And it had, I believe nine pages and okay. I went through all nine pages and step-by-step step, I could have totally made that recipe. I did not need to leave the platform. I knew all the ingredients. I literally mm-hmm. watched videos of how they made it. And so that's a really good example of, it was a tutorial of how to make this recipe and there was no need for me to leave the platform. And then with idea pins, you do still have a place where you add a pin title. So that's where you okay. need to sharing that SEO rich title, mm-hmm. um, making keywords. sure that, yes, yeah, so you're getting those keywords. And then there's also a section where you can add supplies, notes, recipe. And I tell people, because I think that if you don't have supplies or you don't have the ingredients right. for a recipe, you're like, okay, well, how is this pertinent? So I go to the notes section. And even if I don't, it might not seem relevant. It's like, okay, what do you put in the notes? I put basically a description where I can put in all of these keywords because basically if Pinterest is allowing you to add information, put in more keywords, absolutely capitalize on that. So you can see though, idea pins are so very, very different from not only traditional pins, but also the way that people are consuming them. Have this new update too, where they used to have the like browse and then like a today tab. And if you look on your app, you will, you'll probably see the browse before you and then a watch. So mm-hmm. the watch is basically a way to visually stream. It reminds me of TikTok, which I'm sw- <laughs> pretending like I'm swiping up and this is a podcast. <laughs> People cannot see it, but you know, you think about how you do interact on TikTok and how, um, or even reels, how you can continue to swipe up and just watch video right. after video. Now, mm-hmm. the thing that's a little bit different with idea pins, you don't have to use video content. Uh, You can, and you should. (laughs) That's really a great practice to hook people in to your idea pin, but you can do a combination. You could do all static images, all video content, which that recipe I watched, it was all video content, or you could do static and video. So still images and video content. So anyways, when you are going through those idea pins, it just makes it such an easy way to consume that content. And once again, I feel that Pinterest is really (laughs) trying to keep up with the other platforms and keep people on the platform too, because you think about it, Pinterest is public and they have been for years now and they have skin in the game. They Mm -hmm. have people who are investing in paid advertising and they need people to see those ads. And so I really think though, like I said, it all kind of goes back to having that video content that people are really liking right now and consuming. That was a lot, I know, but (laughs) hey. In in terms of like incorporating idea pins into strategy because you say they're not clickable. So you obviously need some content on Pinterest that is clickable and that leads you to your blog or to your you know store, whatever it is. How should we incorporate this into our like strategy and what are some best practices that would help us kind of do that combination, that like sweet spot combination? <laughs> Yeah. And I know that (laughs) you said you feel like Pinterest is like, you know, feels overwhelming or not your thing, but you are so exactly right though. You should have that combination of the content where it is clickable and you're sending people to your store and your website, but then the idea pins, once again, kind of bringing it back to reels, they're really helping with growth because so people might be wondering too, okay, if they're not linkable, what do you do with them after you consume them? So people Mm -hmm. can comment on them. They can react to them, which is 
obviously engagement. The last page of your idea pin, and this is a good practice to have like your last page be like, for me, it might say, follow me for more Pinterest marketing tips and strategy. They really don't want people to be incorporating links in the idea pins or like in the, the, like the note section. Recipes. Yes, because first of all, they're not clickable. So somebody's going to have to be like trying to copy and paste. Mm-hmm. And basically two, it's defeating the purpose of idea pins and Pinterest has literally said, you know, don't do that. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, I've seen people do that. And yeah, I think I've seen a, a TikTok on it. Like this is how you get links in your idea pins, put it in the note section. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I guess if you wanted to try that, you could. I think that sometimes when you don't play by the rules, you can get away with it for a while. But I think it's one of those things similar to watermarks where Mm -hmm. if you are uploading a TikTok to Instagram, and like I said, I am not the Instagram person, but I feel like (laughs) that's probably a no-no, right? Instagram doesn't like that. And I I think that across all platforms, they are okay and they encourage you to repurpose content, but they want you to remove that watermark. So some people in the beginning, they might have found that they could totally just slap it up TikTok to Instagram and it might've done okay. I don't know if that's the case, but people were doing that. Definitely. People still do that. And sometimes they do okay, but Instagram claims that they track those watermarks and they're not pushing that content out as far as they could go. So it's just not one of those best practices. It's not something that you should do kind of like putting links in the notes for Pinterest. One of those things where if you're taking this time to create the content and you're doing something that could potentially suppress the distribution of your content, you Mm -hmm. might take the chance. And so I'm all about teaching and following best practices and for sure not teaching hacks or things along Mm -hmm. those lines. And so I don't encourage that. But even if you don't have the last page of your idea pin say, follow me, they quite literally will put up basically a prompt where it's kind of the background's kind of like see-through, but black tinted. And then there's a big red button that says follow. So Pinterest is quite literally prompting people who are consuming. That's so nice. I wish Instagram had that. (laughs) I know it is. It is really nice because it it kind of reminds me of TikTok because with TikTok, I feel like it's really easy to start following people where it's right there on the side, you know, and you can just click or whatever to follow them with idea pins. It's the same way. So we are seeing that it's helping people's growth and it's building their followers and they're getting more profile visits. And you might think, oh, profile visits, like whoop-de-doo. But if you have fully optimized your profile, you have your claim domain right there in your profile. Right. And we're also it draws seeing- in those eyeballs. You want those eyeballs. <laughs> yes. We're seeing an increase in just general website traffic and it's all interconnected. If you have a good website strategy, mm-hmm. you should lead people into that funnel. So right. you can see how idea pins are important. So kind of back to your question though, I do recommend, I won't get too in depth, but that static and video pins are really the base and the solid foundation for your strategy. And you are creating fresh pins, new content for your blog posts, your podcast, whatever type of long form nurturing content you are sharing. And with the idea pins, let's say you had a blog post, I'll think of one myself, four tips for evolving your Pinterest strategy. So I might have static pins and video pins that are linking back to this blog post. And then I might make an idea pin where I share each of those tips 
tips and you can evolve your strategy right. and it's still conceptualizing the idea, but it's just in that different format. Yeah. So I do recommend different that. people consume content in different ways. So yes, exactly. And they do take a while to create mm-hmm. in the beginning. Now, maybe not for everybody. Everybody's different, right. but I've had a lot of people t- tell me they take a long time to create. So I would say as few as one a week. And once you start getting comfortable, try two a week. So you don't have to be doing anything crazy where you're creating one every day or multiple right. a day. Just stick with something that you can be consistent with. Yes. So even if it's bi-weekly, but just start making yeah, it. Yeah, make it sustainable, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, totally. So what's one thing you would tell teacher sellers who are feeling super overwhelmed or discouraged even? Because I know that, you know, you've talked about this too, like Pinterest is a long-term game. So it's not like Instagram, you get like that immediate feedback or like, you know, TikTok. If you're on TikTok, you get like the likes right away or the comments right away. It's kind of like, I don't know, what is it called? And you get that like instant gratification, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Pinterest, you don't have that instant gratification. So I feel like a lot of teachers try it. They try it for a month or whatever. It doesn't work. So what could you, what would you say to someone who's like, ah, I tried it. It didn't work for me kind of thing. Like, how do you get o- overcome that kind of hurdle? Yeah, it is difficult if I'm being honest. And I see this with past clients. I've seen this with current clients where, especially even if you've been on Pinterest for a while, you know, we see peaks and valleys and it's really like that with anything in business. Business. It's right. everything in life in general, actually, is not always just going to be trending up. And so when you're getting started, like you mentioned, though, it's hard when you're not seeing anything. There's yeah. just like a flat line. I really encourage, especially new TBT sellers who are trying to see some growth and results on Pinterest, really try idea pins because I am seeing faster results with them. Okay. I think it can kind of give you that glimmer of hope. <laughs> and I say that from seeing it with my own account. I have for a long time and I do very much believe everything happens for a reason. So I have gotten to where I am for a reason and all of my experiences. So I'm trying to not play the let's go back. I wish I would have done this differently. But for a long time, I was focused on only my client accounts. And Mm -hmm. so I would say it's only been beginning of 2021 where I've been super consistent with my own blog, my own Instagram, and honestly, just in the past few months with my own Pinterest. And I think it's hard (laughs) because I have all of these results that I've proven and gotten for not only organic, but also paid advertising on Pinterest, right? but people like to see that you're practicing what you preach and, but I'm kind of in that same boat. So people who are starting with not a huge following (laughs) and kind of feel like you're starting from the ground up, I'm right there with you. And what I see working for me right now are idea pins. And so I'm starting slow. I think that's really kind of cool in a way because you can give best practices for now, because I know that a lot of people say, oh, Pinterest is not what it used to be. Like same with Instagram. Like it's not what it used to be. You can't grow as fast or whatever it is. So the fact that you are kind of starting from scratch almost and working alongside the people that are doing the same things, it's really, I feel more beneficial for your clients, right? Because you know what's working and what's not working based on your own, um, I want to say store, but it's not store. <laughs> your Pinterest, <laughs> your Pinterest page. Yeah, um, no, I'm right there in the trenches with you. Yeah, I yeah. love that though. That's a that's a good perspective. So you know, I've been there because I had somebody, and this was you get really unusual questions sometimes. And somebody said, "How many up to how many impressions have you managed for accounts?" And I'm thinking, okay, well, impressions is a vanity number, and yes, yeah. they all do kind of relate in some way. But and I'm thinking, okay, I have. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Manage accounts that have four or five 
million monthly impressions. So I've seen what works for people (laughs) who have amazingly, like exceedingly successful stories. But like you said, I'm also right there at the beginning and I'm working through that myself. So as far as the overwhelm and thinking, okay, Emily, but you know, one or two idea pins a week, that seems like a lot. Don't Mm -hmm. feel like you have to be creating and sharing 20 fresh, static video. Start slow, but just be consistent. So right now for myself, I'm only sharing five pins a day and there's a combination of my own pins. And then Mm -hmm. I might save or repin one or two from somebody who's a like-minded creator in my niche. And so, you know, I'm finding that for me, it's doable. And that's with managing other people's accounts, having the digital course side of my business. And so you're busy (laughs) with Pinterest too, you know, you can, you can batch. So you can get that scheduled out. So, yeah, I think batching is definitely a huge, huge thing that's helped with every, every type of creation. So the fact that you can batch and schedule out content on Pinterest is huge. So now I will say one side note with idea pins, <laughs> we can't schedule those out, but a quick, oh, okay. I didn't know that. This is not a, yeah, it's not a hack, but just a good tip is you can save, let's say you created a pin with six or seven or eight pages all in this one idea pin. You can Uh stick it in your drafts. And I have heard, I don't do a lot of this. I should probably be better. I've done some (laughs) batching with my reels, especially like if my makeup and hair is done. Right, of course. (laughs) Right, (laughs) duh, that's just obvious. (laughs) And so I'll do that with reels, but you can totally batch and then save in your drafts, your idea pins. And I've not had this where I go there and they've disappeared. I've heard people say that about Instagram and like little glitches happening and they lost all the reels. I've not experienced that. I don't do dozens of batching of reels, but I'll do maybe like three or four. And I've never had that happen, but it's happened to me, but it hasn't happened anytime recently, but it's more so I think when you've like updated your Instagram account or they come out with a new update and your phone updates on its own, that kind of situation. Um, then then too, mm-hmm. if that would happen on Pinterest, I've not yeah, experienced that, but I, that is <laughs> something I guess <laughs> to be yeah, mindful. But always of. something I feel like would be good practice for Pinterest as well. Save you have to save a second copy of everything. Yes, <laughs> you can't just rely on the platform itself to hold on to your stuff. Always keep your keep a backup for yourself. Yeah, but that's, that's even with like your creation. When you're creating resources for TPT, you can't rely on your computer to house all that. I've lost tons of stuff just keeping them on my computer. So backing up your hard drive. <laughs> yeah. So making sure everything's backed up everywhere is super important. <laughs> yeah. That's just, that's really good sound business advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Emily, I'm so grateful that you took some time to chat with us today. And one thing you may not know is that Emily's actually, she's been such an amazing support to all the students in Thriving Teacher Academy. She actually provided a bonus Pinterest workshop to the course a few months ago, and she actually continues to provide support within our Facebook group. Each month she comes in, sometimes impromptu, but she comes in and she shares new Pinterest features and best practices along the way. And you may also know that the doors to Thriving Teacher Academy actually closed last week, but as an exclusive offer to anyone listening today. I've opened the doors for today only. So you have a chance to sneak your way in. And if you use the code Emily sent me E M I L E E S E N T M E. I'll put that in the show notes for you. You actually have a chance to get $20 off the price of the course and a awesome freebie. It's Emily's three-step system for automated TPT sales. So all that information will be below and 
I'm just, I'm really excited. I want everybody to know where they can find you and how they can be your bestie. (laughs) So let us know where we can find you. Yeah. So I, like I mentioned, have been much more active this past year on Instagram. I love connecting with people. I'm emily.vales. That's my handle on Instagram. And I do have a Facebook business page. Do people even look at Facebook business pages anymore? <laughs> I don't sure. know. Uh, <laughs> I, I did get on TikTok and there's I've been very consistent with them, but that would be, I need some coaching in that area because there's not a lot of growth going on. So probably, even though I'm on there, feel free, but probably the best way to connect with me is on Instagram. And like I said, I'm on Pinterest. You go follow her on TikTok too. Go help her get a little boost there. Yeah. And like I said too, I'm on Pinterest. So you can, I have my, my content there as well, but yeah. So I'll leave all of Emily's info in the show notes. You can go grab all of her stuff and figure out where to find her. And yeah, so I can't wait to chat with you next time as we're continuing to prioritize our growth. If you loved this episode, be sure to subscribe so you can catch all new episodes, leave a review if something resonated, send me a DM or send Emily a DM. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. Thank you for letting us go into your business and your life today. We're going to love growing together as you create a profitable and sustainable income, selling your teaching resources or services. I'm so honored to make your life a little bit easier with the best advice, trainings, and mindset shifts to grow your business. And most importantly, save you time and sanity. And I'll see you in the next one.